This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with a great guest. He's a comedian, a podcaster, pop culture aficionado, a bunch of other nouns, I'm sure. It's Ed Greer. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Good. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming and doing this. Uh, I mean, uh, you did our, our our podcast, Nerd Goat, and you killed it. Oh, and thank you. So I'd, I'd love to come on here and be mediocre. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, I challenge you to be mediocre. I don't think it's in your, your DNA to be mediocre. You're a very funny comedian, a great podcaster. Uh, what is that how you define yourself when you think of your basic nouns, like comedian, podcaster? Is that it? Uh, I think I'd add writer in there, but okay. out here, you know, unless you're writing like columns or something everybody sees every day, it yeah. just seems like you're a faker <laughs> until, you know, that you're announcing the trades or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I've been working on for like five years. Yeah, I've been so, taking these meetings, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. So like when that pops off, I'd like to add writer to that. But right now, yeah, most people should know me as on screen junkies, you know, pontificating and uh, as a podcaster and a comedian. But you're at home writing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that makes you a writer, because you, if you do the verb, you get the noun, right? Uh, good, yeah. I, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> Excellent. I am so excited uh, for your topic. Uh, I know you are a fellow nerdy dude, so I was curious what you'd pick, and your obsession is street-level superheroes. Yep, yep. So let's start by just defining that. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I had to do a thing on... Um, on uh, Spider-Man for the Spider-Verse or whatever. And it was interesting because, like, uh, I was uh, looking at how the Vulture functions in the Spider-Man mythos. Okay. And uh, in in the movie, Homecoming. And in the very first four minutes of the movie, they established that there are stuff that the Avengers don't even notice and don't deal with. It's just too small for them. Yeah, and there's stuff that the cops are too bogged down to handle. (laughs) And that's where Spider-Man's oeuvre was oh is, nice you know what i mean yeah and i think maybe a level below that are the guys who are worried about you know uh some great injustice happening to the neighborhood right somebody moving into the neighborhood something even smaller than some of the you know uh back when uh spider-man used to fight wilson fisk and try to fight the overall the magia and all the stuff they kind of stopped making him do that and making him fight his own super people so he, he almost graduated from friendly neighborhood spider-man Leaving this chasm for like the Daredevils and the Punishers and even to a certain extent the Moon Knights yeah. to inhabit. And that's what I think of in the in the Marvel Universe at street level. And obviously a lot of the Batman stories and uh, DC Comics are street level uh, yeah. stories. But then, I'll, of course, they, they have them be the Bat God sometimes too. Yeah. Would you think of like uh, the Green Arrow television show where his whole mantra is, you know uh, – Save this. I, I want to save this yeah. city. You failed this city. And it's like, if it happens the mm-hmm. next city over, not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nightwing going to Bloodhaven. Yeah. You know, uh, God goes across a river and fights some guys in Jersey, basically. <laughs> Whatever know. happens in Gotham, that's Batman's problem. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just love those guys. Like, I was always struck by a comic book panel from a, a Fantastic Four. Uh, it was in the John Byrne run when uh, Galactus comes down to Earth and, uh, and basically, he goes into a weird coma or something. Or basically, oh, all the heroes in the world are fighting him. And they zoom out, and it's Daredevil and Spider-Man eating sandwiches on a ledge. <laughs> Just sort of looking at it, going like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> to me, that's almost defines street level. Yeah. Like when the cosmic guys are fighting a dude who came out of the sky, you can eat your panini and shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a mixture of the power level. Mm-hmm. And what they actually care about, like there's that. Yeah, because Spider Man is 
relatively powerful. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to go toe to toe with a giant cosmic god, mm-hmm. uh, but he's pretty damn powerful. Like, yeah. He put all of his powers together, mm-hmm. but it's more that he has this focus of like real responsibility to the community, like Uncle Ben taught him. Yeah, and I think that was an interesting thing at the end of Homecoming uh, that he refuses to. Yeah, obviously we know he eventually gets drafted into the Avengers. Yeah, that's what's going always going to happen. But he didn't want it. Yeah, you know what I mean. He wanted to be. Uh, he was reminded, you know, that he has a friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Yeah, you got to so, yeah. save those bodegas, right? I mean, yeah, who else is going to keep the bodega cat <laughs> safe? Uh, come on, they, they got to rest on some bread somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Would you consider Captain America a street level superhero, either in power level or in his perspective? Well, most of the time in the six one six, he's definitely. Uh, depicted as street level because they just make him the pinnacle of human whatever remember uh, the, the marvel universe when we used to read as little kids and uh i think they said he could bench press 800 pounds yeah because he's like as strong as a human could possibly be i remember right. that from being a kid being yeah. real obsessed with that of like exactly yes. how strong is that and in the mcu it feels like he's a little stronger than a uh, human oh yeah yeah he's he like kicks trucks into guys and he yeah. p- he whips people around <laughs> he is holding helicopters when he doesn't want his friends to leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> The clinging cap. <laughs> the clinging cap. Uh, so, but it, your overall relationship with the character, do you think of him perspective-wise? Is that uh, same no, thing? No, because he's so huge. I mean, he's telling gods what to do. You know? Yeah. But I, I, and I also think um, it's emblematic. I think the difference between Captain America and Daredevil is elucidated in the in, uh, Born Again, uh, where where basically towards the end, Daredevil, uh, spoilers, Daredevil is in some <laughs> big uh, battle with this guy, Nuke, who's like a failed uh, super soldier. And he's tearing up the neighborhood, blowing stuff up, and and and, and Daredevil has to actually resort to like murder. Basically, he has to like shoot down a helicopter that's shooting a bunch of people. He has to shoot it with a gun. Oh wow! It like that happens. That's a real thing that's in canon. He kills guys who are killing civilians in a helicopter. He shoots a like a grenade launcher, like M sixteen, at them. Yeah, the the ones with the you know grenade launcher. Underneath. Yeah, bang, blows that up to stop these guys from mowing down civilians. And it's like it's crazy. But in the midst of all that. He hears some stuff. He hears like a whoosh and a pounding heartbeat, and 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 this uh, so it's it's a he's it's he's kind of sloppy but fast, and and it's Daredevil's perception of Captain America, and it's so much bigger, and and he and he hears the ozone crackle as Thor brings down his like lightning oh, and stuff wow. to like douse the the flames that are in com- you know burning up Hell's Kitchen from Daredevil's adventure just now, and there's a real Frank Miller got it at that time at least. The difference between Daredevil and Captain America and all these super gods. Like yeah. Captain America, he's he commands them, so he is of them, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense because, it, it, like we're saying, it's this mix of power level but concerns. And Captain America is that guy who will always say, whatever the challenge is, I will do it. Right. Yeah. Do you need me to, you know, jump across cosmoses on uh, some sort of yeah. rainbow bridge of some kind? <laughs> sure. I'll do that. <laughs> Dude, and, <laughs> I'll do and, fancy and, acrobatics while I do it because I just believe like he mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a very weird comparison. Mm-hmm. But Captain America feels to me a, a, like the most positive aspects of uh, President Barack Obama of that. Just like <laughs> whatever it is. Just like, don't worry. I got it. <laughs> the Barack captain. <laughs> He's the Barack uh, captain. Yeah. I. You know what? I, I think what's interesting about uh, Captain America as a guy who really could be... Uh, one thing, he did get street level when he would lose his mantle sometimes, or yeah. the government would be doing some jazz. He'd be like, nah, I don't like that. <laughs> and so he'd go off and wear a black suit with red stripes or whatever yeah. for a little while. He'd be the captain. <laughs> Still got wings on his helmet. <laughs> Still has yeah, a shield just, with concentric circles. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. When he gets real bummed out, he wears a darker shade of blue. <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I got I think I got obsessed with um with street level heroes because I maybe there's some I come from Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. And uh, I'm not trying to link those too much, but I mean that's my I, I come from Kansas City, Missouri. The whole thing is the the show me state. That, okay. That is the state motto. And I've found that in my experience being there, a lot of people were it seemed like the potential wasn't a big thing. It's like, okay. what are you now? What's happening right now? Tell me what you're doing. Oh, it's not anything. Oh, you're you're writing some stuff. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean? It was it was always like the immediacy of everything, and even like rappers and stuff who would come out of Kansas City, people in Kansas City wouldn't like them really? for some reason. Like uh, this guy Tech Nine, dollar for dollar, he he makes as much money as Jay Z. He comes straight out of Kansas City. He's bought like fifteen blocks in Kansas City and made a giant. Uh, empire that makes all his stickers and merch and stuff. Okay. And people in Kansas City hardly like him. Really? It's crazy. So it's like I, I was always imp- impressed by this thing. It's like re- like life is hard. Things are hard. There's not going to be some cosmic power that come and, and, and abuse you. Maybe other people will have that, but you won't. All this jazz. And I think it permeated on some level. Like there was some in the water or something to where I'm just like, man, the Punisher's great. And, and and not because of his his overt violence or, or her, you know uh, uh, the fact that he's an alt right darling to, yeah. <laughs> or any any of that stuff. It was just the fact that he was he did what he could with what he had. Yeah, and what he did was a lot. And then Daredevil being the flip side of that coin, I was like, he's doing a lot with what he has. I mean, look what he's doing with oh, what yeah. he has. You know. And and I, I just felt like I started to really gravitate towards characters who it was very hard for them. That's why the most powerful character I like is probably Spider-Man. Yeah. Because even though he can throw a Volkswagen, they put him up against guys who can throw a, a tanker truck. Right. So it's like, ugh, I'm just barely in this. <laughs> even though I could lift 10 tons, I'm barely in this. And, and I think it's beautiful that they give him so much speed. Yeah. Because it shows that like he has to actually dodge stuff. That's a real bad. I got to say, I love the Black Panther in the comic books very much. But they've kind of made him bat god, and in the movies, like if if a jet is shooting bullets at you and you don't have to do anything, yeah. Well, where's all this agility? You know, I, I love the right. fact that Spider Man, no matter what, still has to dodge. He has to He's get the so, hell out of yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, the dodge is my thing. Not the impervious shoot a bullet right in my eye that doesn't move me. The dodge moves me. The fucking. Uh, Oh, can I curse? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The, the, the <laughs> throw a smoke bomb to distract these far guys. Snap this guy off. Throw this guy off a balcony. Kick this guy. Oh, those guys that got the smoke bomb are starting to recover. Hide over here. Drop. You know what I mean? I'm, that's yeah. my Batman. That's my street level guy. I don't like these people who wade into stuff with bullets bouncing off of them. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, and those heroes often wrestle with the kind of larger moral implications of like, what do I do with all of this power? How do I handle it right? But the street level heroes you're describing, they have that, but it's also this like, um, they they're badasses, so mm-hmm. we get that fun like imagination of what it would be like to be this badass. Mm-hmm. But you know, if somebody gets uh, up behind you and stabs you in the ribs, that's gonna hurt. Right, it's gonna be a problem for you. So you get that that great combination of. The thrill of somebody with powers and abilities beyond yours, right. but also that real like, but they could die. Yes, uh, but they could die is so important, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, it's so important to me because <laughs> like I, I I remember when I was a kid, and I probably told this, and people who have uh, Edgar aficionados, if those exist, uh, may have heard this before. But I was always struck by when when Wolverine, who was super duper. But when I was a kid, got my old man beard. Yeah. When I was a kid, 
the adventure that he had and the, and the, and the four issue uh, miniseries with Frank Miller drawing it and Chris Claremont writing it. And he's fighting Shingen Harada and Shingen Harada puts a sword through him and Wolverine had to heal up for three months. Yeah. He was sending the X-Men postcards <laughs> from Japan. Okay. Right. Cause he was laid up healing up from a wound that would have killed another man instantly, but he took it and was able to barely survive and kill Shingen and collapse. Yeah. That's bravery. Well, as soon as they took away the, his ability to die at all, he's regenerating from drops of blood. Yeah. He's an adamantium skeleton on the ground. All of a sudden has flesh on it. All of a sudden has a nose. All of a sudden is back with his costume on. Yeah. That crap, that sucks, man. If you can't <laughs> die, you're not brave. If right. you can't die, you're not brave. And if you're and if you can't be hurt, you're not putting yourselves in harm's way. So where's the heroism? Yeah. So like I said, in, in the comic books, I've seen uh, there was a great Daredevil where Daredevil fought the Black Panther of the comic books, who's just a badass dude, and they had a knockdown, drag out, both of them getting really hurt fight. That couldn't happen right now. That vibranium no. suit, he'd, he'd rip them apart. <laughs> and I, where's all that? I, I would love for a lot of characters to get back to. Oh, I have to dodge a bullet because may- maybe you, uh, armor makes you slower or something. Where where's that? Yeah, Remember when we were kids like armor made you slower, but now we got all this polycarbonate, blah blah blah. They can just make your suit out of nanos, and uh. <laughs> it's all nanos. So you were talking about um, people from your hometown being successful but staying there, mm-hmm. even though maybe some people were like, "Nah, we don't like we're the Tech Nine." Is that the name of the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you relate to the heroes? Because sometimes, like, they go up and down in popularity in where they're from. Like, in the world, like, mm. Spidey doesn't leave New York in, like, every three months. They all hate his fucking guts. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he's just like, no, I'm here. It, is, do you relate to that from your real world experience, um, too, of hometown I, I, heroes being well, they kind of he, heroes but kind of resented? Well, I, you know what? I think uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know that I was a funny-ass dude. In Kansas City. Okay. You know what I mean? I I think I was a weird ass dude. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, I I think that maybe that, that uh, there's something about, if you do look at all the street level heroes, they aren't universally acclaimed by anybody. Daredevil has people like Daredevil, people on the street like Daredevil, just like people on the street like Spider-Man. But as you start to go up into the levels of power where people might be influenced by their crime fighting activities, you start to get people resenting them. People yeah. with property. Oh, somebody damaged my stuff. You know, but the street level guy who doesn't own anything is, I mean, the street level as in regular pedestrian is just like, man, I was about to get hit by a truck and then he pushed me out of the way. And then a canister rolled down and made these turtles. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like, uh, yeah, Daredevil, Daredevil's gone through things where he's been sort of a bad guy to his own neighborhood or people really resenting the fact that he was around and he was bringing more bad stuff. A uh, Batman's gone through a little bit of that. Yeah. You, you brought people here to, to, to fight you. You know, you, uh, as the vision says, uh, your strength invites challenge, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, my city's all torn apart because you're, you're badass. Yeah. <laughs> chilling out on a, on a church, you know. So the bottom line is, I, I think that, yeah, I like the fact that they say that you can't be a, a prophet from your hometown. Yeah. Like you have to go to another town. And I feel like I kind of did that coming out here. Um, my life got exponentially better, but not because Missouri was holding me back in any sort of way. Yeah. I was holding myself back because of the perceptions of other people. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't their fault that they saw me as some bummy dude living with his mom <laughs> in Missouri because that's what I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, when I came out here, I feel like it did open up my life, and I feel like it, it is kind of like Punisher going to Bogota. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I, and, and I, and I want to make it very clear. Uh, my like of the Punisher is, isn't yeah. about the violence or the uh, the torturous aspect. Sometimes if he's torturing people or doing weird stuff, I don't like that jazz. I like the fact that, like, Spider-Man's not going to stop a group of slavers taking people to the Sudan or taking people from there. You know what right. I mean? He's just not going to do that. He's, he's doing other stuff. There's a there's a guy with a fishbowl on his head <laughs> convincing him he's in outer space. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah. worried about He's this. lousy with misunderstood scientists, right? You know? <laughs> Yeah, got to deal with those and octogenarians with with wings and and yeah. and and, uh, and and arms, <laughs> you know. So it's like, uh, uh, so that's where I think the street level heroes um, live. And I think the Punisher, if you were to take the Punisher as just, let's say, there's no space guys and flying guys and webby guys. There's none of these guys. We're just in this world we live in right now. And there's a guy who in about 1987 started murdering criminals. People, everybody knew were criminals like John Gotti. He shot John Gotti in the face yeah. on the courtroom steps from a mile away with a sniper rifle. He, you know, the Sammy the Bull Gravano got, got, uh, got garroted and, and dumped in a car somewhere and it blew up or something. Yeah. You know, all this jazz, all these bad people are dying for years, sometimes hundreds in a year, sometimes maybe three, four, five, yeah. sometimes hundreds in a year are dying. He's killing, he's shooting up at the mob funerals and stuff it's horrific and a couple times between 1988 and now he's gotten caught and put in federal prison with all these criminals who resent him and he killed their ass too and he (laughs) broke out to kill some more that guy if he was operating he'd be pushing 60 right now killing people for the last 30 years that guy would be the most interesting story in the world yeah by far i mean certainly the kind of thing that genre storytelling is great at is playing these what-if games yes. about morality. Yes. And there's the morality of, okay, a, a, a specific mob figure. Great. You you killed them. But the Punisher stories that I remember and that I like are about him taking on systemic problems. Yes. Uh, and I think all of them do it up to a point, but like your example of slave traders. Yes. That with the whole Wilson Fisk, like it's, you know... He, he's got his fingers in all the business. So mm-hmm. these street level heroes are not just like, oh, yes, the big alien came down to Metropolis. So I must punch it away. That's mm-hmm. clear cut. Yeah. There's, a, I think, like a larger bravery of I see this evil that is rooted in our society. And also there's, there's a, the, the, yeah. his mobster, but he's at also at the soup kitchen right now. So yeah. should I shoot him when he leaves the soup kitchen, you know, <laughs> or should I, you know, does it matter that he also does good things? All those uh, interesting, larger, uh, more complex view of mm. good and bad in a little bit more uh, of how it actually functions in our society. Because a straight up evil person is mm. kind of rare. It's, it's much more often that it is an evil system. Being yeah, they, they don't. They don't wear a mask that you can see, right? You know, and that and, and that uh, hence the thing I was about to say about the um the investigative nature yeah. of of street level heroes. It isn't some guy coming out of the sky, part in the clouds, chopping buildings in half. Yeah, you're right. That's cut clean cut. There's a guy who uh who who maybe he runs the soup kitchen. But yeah. guess what's in the back next to all the powdered milk? <laughs> Bunch of cocaine, man. <laughs> you know, or, or whatever. Or, 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 or you know, like I said, uh, I, I, and one thing I do, I do love is that Wilson Fisk, who comes from the Spider-Man lineage, the times that Daredevil 
and Punisher have fought their way up to him. The best ones I've seen, they've gotten their ass beat because he's too big. Literally, figuratively, metaphorically, all that jazz. He's too big. The Punisher, and like I think it was Punisher, I think between 18 and 20, of the Will (laughs) Will Sportatio, Mike Barron run. he the there's a big war. He declares war on the Punisher, uh, and Punisher uh, the Wilson Fisk declares war on the Punisher. Sends uh, sends a couple of assassins to try to kill him, and all this jazz. And he just he gets this ragtag band of like a former teacher, uh, hardcore uh, muscle bound Sarah Connor type, and micro, and they storm the gates and they get all the way up to the kingpin. And kingpin whoops Punisher's <laughs> ass. He fights ninjas. For breakfast, you know what I mean? There's, like, nothing you can do to him. And it was very clear that, like, Punisher hadn't thought out yeah, taking on that size of evil. And I think it was a lesson that that in that continuity he took with him and, and started to become, yeah, I think, a better crime fighter because he realized he has he had to up his game and da-da-da-da. But he also realized that things some things were too big for him. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I that was incredible. He didn't think he didn't think out how killing homeboy would make all these gangs flood the city. And he didn't think all that. He was just, he was just, I'll deal with it when I get there. But it became very clear that Wilson Fisk was too big. Yeah. And that was, that was a cool story. And then similarly with, when Daredevil uh, went, went crazy and born again and gets all the way up into the Kingpin's office, but he's, he hasn't slept in two days. He's not his top ninja form and he just gets broke off yeah. because the Kingpin's so big. Yeah, that is a great way to make it a literal comic book story of who wins in a fight, but totally have that analogy of, right? You know what? How how do you dismantle a system as large as a corrupt government in right. a large city? And it's it's such a Sisyphusian uh, task. It's yeah, this it's over and over and over. And Daredevil, especially, I like Daredevil because he could get beat in court. And then try to catch the guy later that night and get beat up too. <laughs> it, just, it never ends. That is a great, like, almost uh, be a great sketch for people who are really nerdy about Marvel Comics, where uh, every day Matt Murdock's just like, the criminal justice system's really working for him. And he's putting people away right and left. He doesn't have anything to do at night. Yeah. Oh, that'd <laughs> the be system's hilarious. working. <laughs> just sitting around, in, like, uh, like, yeah, sitting around in his costume, twiddling his thumbs, <laughs> flipping his baton all around. Uh, did you ever have a fantasy of being one of these characters? Because they are more accessible. Uh, I tell a story sometimes of, like, when I first found out is like, a very young kid that Batman didn't have powers. Mm. Uh, and my brother and I literally brainstormed, like, well, we could be superheroes then. And we drew little pictures, and we were going to dress up like bears because we thought bears weren't taken. And like, this is... <laughs> That's great. And they like went out and told other kids in the neighborhood, and this one asshole was like, I'm going to be Superman. And we're like, you don't get it. We're not playing. It's not pretend. We can do this. We can just train real hard. And he's like, no, I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to put a piece of metal on my shirt, and bullets will bounce off. We're like, you idiot. I get it. So I have that experience myself of having that like very childish, like, oh, I could do this. Have you ever felt like that? I mean, definitely as a kid, you know, the, some of the uh, funny things you do, like I found this, I don't even know what the hell it was. I think it fell off the water heater. It was one of those, like, <laughs> uh, I think it was a knob off of a water heater. Okay. And boy, my young mind, I grabbed some twine, and some, some kind of rope, and that was a grappling hook to me. And I was grappling all over the damn place. And you're going to be knob man with this amazing <laughs> grapple hook. Hey, well, you know, I could put it in a sock and beat guys up. You know, yeah. I got a sock on my belt. I got a grappling hook. Yeah, I mean, gra- grappling hooks, uh, when you were a little kid, well, when I was a little kid in the 80s, 
uh, the the shuriken were coming out. You started to get those shuriken kids. Those oh little, yeah, the ninja star kids. They'd just be, oh god, they were creeps. Right. <laughs> they never seemed like they were training to be superheroes. Right. They no. just seemed creepy as hell. No, like. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I got to toss a couple of those, but I couldn't really stand the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I I always thought about what you would do if you had just enough to do something. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like. A metaphor for life, but like I, I, I really think that that's kind of how I'm trying to live my life at this point. Is going like I don't have super influence or privilege or whatever, and I don't have any inroads into this industry, and I just have to through sweat and steel, yeah, get get where I'm going. And I think having role models who did that. You know, and also I think I I came like I started I started doing comedy like in my late twenties. Okay, so it was like I was a whole I had bought into a life of I was gonna be a telephone salesman. Oh damn! Uh, I I mean, and I was like really great at it. Yeah, like, I, I was a telephone salesman and a bill collector. Okay, and I did both of those very well. I could I could do different voices. I'm not gonna <laughs> do them right now. But I, I could definitely do different voices, different accents, different. I, I just was kind of like a. I did that bullshit Tony Robbins mirroring matching. Oh really? Like somebody answer the phone. Hey, hey man, what's going on? I'm like, hey man, I, all I know is I got these ITVs. <laughs> you know, and, and it was like, and it was like instant, and it was like this weird, I don't know, this weird chameleon personality or whatever. And I was like really into shit like that. And and for some reason, I started started writing a couple screenplays and sending them out, and I got some Hollywood dick face. Uh, well, this cool guy named Vince Gerardis who went on to produce uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. His office called me back oh, when I was in Missouri saying, do you have anything else? And I sent my other screenplay, which sucked, and then they stopped calling. But the <laughs> bottom line is it's stuff like that, entering a nickel fellowship in screenwriting uh, and getting like in the top, I guess, 400 out of like 5,000. But still, like, That's great. You're, not, you're not a semifinalist, so it gets lost in the wash. But anyway, the bottom line is you. I started to feel like I could do – I could I could do something. You right. Know, I feel like it was my awakening. Like I could just shoot these guys. <laughs> you know, you know? So I really felt like that spurred me on to come out here and just like, and then grinding in comedy for like nine years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or more if you really start counting all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just I I feel like if I thought that I was supposed to be a Krypton god, given some stuff, <laughs> or if I thought I was a rich guy with all these all these resources, I just had to apply. I don't know that I would have a great attitude about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the whole anointing. Like, uh, there's a great sports term where they go, like, some guy makes a couple baskets and they go, this guy's great. Or somebody throws a couple touchdowns and they go, uh, uh, ease off on the anointing oil. <laughs> you, know, you know? Right. I That's me. That's my personality to a, to a T. So you like everything. You kind of like to keep it at street level of not blowing things out of proportion. I really do. Like when I went to Comic Con and a, and a few people, uh, uh, my girlfriend would say quite a few. I'll just say a few people stopped me and said, "Hey, you're Edgar Destroyers. I saw you on Screen Junkies." Or, "Oh, I, I, some people went to my Comedy Central taping. I'm going to have a, a thing on TV next year. Awesome uh, that I tape for Comedy Central and just stuff like that. It just weirds me out." Because yeah. I'm used to being super anonymous, and trust me, I'm gonna remain so for a while, probably. <laughs> but and I'm not, you know, getting ahead of myself. But like, you know, uh, me and my boy Jeff went to a screening of Mandy, psychedelic crazy movie. Uh, we went to an uh, advanced screening at the Egyptian, and the ticket taker was like, "Hey, I'm a big fan." Oh, that's awesome! And I don't even know what they're a big fan of because I don't think of it that way. Right? But, like, just being on different stuff, doing doing stuff like this, you know. Uh, it's just it's really great and it's really a blessing. But I'm also very cognizant that. 
as Quentin Tarantino famously said, you used to be able to send me a letter and address it the outskirts of Hollywood, and I would get that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But and now it's getting less so. But I just really applied myself. So if I if I ever succeed in any huge way, I will have earned the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I just feel like a lot of the stuff we're trying to do, even though we're it, now it's oversaturated almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. So, uh, you got you got some stuff coming out. Uh, if it blew up, if it went huge, mm-hmm. would you feel like one of your street level superheroes suddenly fighting Galactus? Would that uh, analogy hold for you? Because right now you're working hard, you're doing your stuff, you're taking care of your responsibilities, you're mm-hmm. staying street level in uh, <laughs> in attitude and skill. <laughs> but then if you were suddenly like, oh man, two years from now, hey, Ed Greer is hosting the Oscars. Would you feel like you're fighting Galactus? You know what? I I don't think it would feel like fighting Galactus. I think it would feel like when they gave the Punisher the War Machine armor. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I can fly to I can fly to Uzbekistan and start blowing people up. Maybe this is too much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I could handle it. The, the 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 boot. I get some tinnitus from the from the boots roaring in my ears when we fly around. But yeah, yeah, I I, I think overall I I could handle it. But I, I don't think the Oscars would be would be a thing for me. <laughs> That's I'd not be, where you should be too critical of everything. I'd be like. Where's all the populist movies, man? <laughs> I'd be a real uh, uh, anti-establishment figure, but uh, I did. I did want to talk about how uh, the the real, like I said, the real crux of what I like about street level yeah. is just it's really it's the Punisher and and Daredevil. Like Daredevil, even as a vigilante, tries to follow all the rules and make sure nobody gets hurt. Right. Whereas the Punisher, as as uh, in the comic books at least, very meticulous about not hurting innocents. He doesn't start shooting up. You know, he finds out who's in the building is innocent and whatever, and is able to get some message to them or push them out or whatever. Normally, he just he he when he's opening fire on crowds, that crowd is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I I think that there's something to be said in like. There's a permanence to what the Punisher is doing, but it's impermanent because there's always somebody else to kill. Right. There's a there's a permanence to like putting people in jail, but they always either in the comic books either get out or squirm out. If they're Wilson Fist, they squirm out from under the the rule of the law. So Daredevil de- determines that he has to go above the law to go get him. It's it's very uh, well. Um, shown in the third season of daredevil cool it's that 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 whole thing i just said that whole thing plays out beautifully it's it's what the, it's what the movie the dark knight kind of thinks it is <laughs> in regards to being the serious tome about how you can try to stay within the letter of the law but have to go just a little bit above to get the the big guys and and maybe you know the system will let them go if you don't do your job if you don't if you're not that knight in the dark blah blah, blah. Th- that it does it really well okay I think cool daredevil is a good way to see that aspect and the punisher is just like damn it at some point, this has to stop. Maybe, maybe you know, the death penalty isn't a deterrent to uh, <laughs> to other people, but it's a deterrent to this guy. He's really on that level, and I think uh, one of my be- my favorite scenes of the of the Punisher ever is this scene that Garth Ennis wrote, where there's two of them. Garth Ennis wrote that in 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 the Nam, uh, there he was pinned down, and a bunch of his guys were dying, and and the CO the CO had sent him into this this bushwhack basically. And he vowed that if he got out of there, he could, he would do anything. He would do anything to get out of there and get back to his, his kids. 
and he gave himself over to a dark force, which, yeah. you know, is, is mythic and weird for a lot of people who like street level. But for some reason, I dig it on some level because it's like, as long as this Faustian bargain, something I can get out of this firefight. I, sh- I, I killed my way out of a hundred guys or whatever. And, and, and he also ended up getting that CO killed by getting him sniped later. Okay. And so he comes back to the world and, his family, the thing he bargained with is taken away, Faustian style. Yeah. But this darkness remains. So he has to, like, use it or else he'll go f- super crazy. And they show that even in domestic life, he tried. He tried hard to be a domestic dude. It wasn't just, my family's dead. Oh, I went off and went nuts. Yeah. There's a period where he tries to be a regular guy and he just sees, like, skulls all over everything, a death all over everything. And he has a buddy come over and the buddy goes, hey, yeah, me and Cheryl broke up, I guess, uh, you know, um. I started seeing this other lady on the side, man. But, you know, she had these big fat boobs. He's just telling this kind of 70s key party dickhead (laughs) story to Frank. Yeah. And Frank goes, I'd give anything to have my Maria back. And you just threw your wife away. Wow. And he goes, run. And the guy (laughs) runs, but he doesn't get far. And the punisher's whooping his ass on the front lawn. And I, I just think that that's that just shows like a certain psychotic humanity yeah that i that i I, broke hurt people hurt people as they say yeah (laughs) punisher is one of the hurtest of all and i feel like he he's people compare him to like the inferior parts of the revenge legacy character okay you know what i mean that that sort of revenge genre yeah death wish and like again like all that alt-right just shoot all the poor people if they menace you type stuff I don't think that's where the Punisher really lives. The Punisher lives killing slavers. The Punisher lives killing the the type of people who buy the cops and buy the judges. The Punisher lives to kill those judges even. He he doesn't care. If you're bad, I got to get you out of there. There is no rehabilitation for a lot of the stuff he's trying. He's he's killing people over. And last but not least, I love his his real humanity and bravery in going and doing any of this stuff. I read a Punisher story. It burned into my mind. He... Basically shoots up a bunch of guys and takes their weapons and takes all these videotapes. That's back when the story takes place. Takes all their <laughs> videotapes. And him and Microchip are chilling out watching the videotapes that he stole from these guys he just smoked. And they had stole them from this uh, military school upstate. So they had a bunch of weapons and a bunch of videotapes they stole from this school upstate. Okay. And so he shoots them and grabs that stuff up. And now he's on a trail of like, what's going on here? So he sees that there's child pornography perpetrated by these military school guys on kids and shit at yeah. the military school. So he goes up to get that handled. He poses as a, as a parent and he does a little recon and he comes back later at that night as the Punisher. And he sees a Muay Thai instructor is like the, basically the main bodyguard of the bad people doing the bad stuff. So he interrupts one of their shoots and starts blasting fools and shit. But the Muay Thai instructor kicks his gun out of his hand and the lights go out or whatever. And bottom line, Punisher gets the shit kicked out of him. By a, a Muay Thai instructor <laughs> at a military school upstate. Yeah. He just gets fucked up. And Punisher's uh, dialogue capture, I'll never forget it. He says, there's no percentage in jamming with this guy. I'll never forget it. There's wow. no percentage in jamming with this guy. And so he whips out like some like uh some sort of a poisoned uh knife throw I think poison shuriken poison yeah. ninja stars and hits him with a couple of those and the dude slows down a little bit so Punisher can get a little advantage and he he whips him up and it basically kills him and then he spends three minutes in the dark trying to find his gun. Oh wow! That's the Punisher. He's he's out there doing he's he's capable of such human folly like that. Yeah. And he's trying to shoot fifty mobsters or blow up or or fight the the mob, the people who 
the government can't even protect you from. He's going out actively killing them and making himself a target for those people. Yeah. And he occasionally gets fucked up by Muay Thai instructors. I mean, <laughs> this guy's so fucking brave. Yeah. I just want to get that across. Oh, yeah. This guy's so fucking brave. He's so much braver than somebody who absorbs the power of the sun and goes and fights fucking Galactus or something. <laughs> so much more brave than that. Yeah. And don't even get me started on Daredevil. Everybody knows that's great. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I'll get you started on Daredevil. Yeah, I think Punisher is one of the most fascinating superhero characters because outside of the world of comic books, you're like, hey, it's a kind of crazy guy with a gun. And it's like, what is inventive or interesting about that? That's mm-hmm. many of our superheroes or many of our, our cultural heroes. Mm-hmm. But you put him in the world of superheroes and mm-hmm. he becomes fascinating because mm-hmm. you exactly what you're saying. Like, well, superheroes are willing to go pretty far of like repeatedly beat up the same guy yeah. who's a villain. They get out of prison, beat him up, send him back to prison. They get, it's like, it's pretty violent. So... Then when you start thinking about, oh, well, here's a guy who's like, hey, why don't we take it just a step farther? Mm-hmm. Is, you and know, these guys it's, aren't it's amazing to... in the context of, of of comic books and superheroes. And he doesn't and it fight bones bank me out robbers. that it gets, gets um, misinterpreted outside of that, of just like a vigilante with a gun. <laughs> you know, it's like it's so much more complex than that. Well, he, he's not – I just want to say he, he's not – he doesn't fight bank robbers. Yeah. Unless – he, he, there was a couple of comics where he 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 killed a couple of corporations who were doing bad stuff. He like just killed the board, yeah, basically because they were <laughs> doing criminal machinations and they were ruining people's lives on purpose with like super insider trading and all that Enron type shit. He, yeah. he like killed an Enron group's whole like board and put they were on a big luxury yacht and he sunk it in shark infested waters and watched them get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got some style too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just I didn't want to interrupt, but that that to get that across, he's not stopping people who steal from the fucking establishment. Right. He doesn't give a shit if you rob a bank. Yeah. He cares if you hurt people. He cares if you slave people, if you assault people, if you if you if you uh uh coerce them into into criminal acts to to you know what I mean? He kills people who are, you know, uh working to undermine the system. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he never ever 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 kills cops unless they're the worst of the dirtiest of the dirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I just think that uh and and Dare and, and Daredevil's uh, thing the one thing I think is interesting about Daredevil, Daredevil is ironically the Punisher with more privilege. Even, uh, even because like the whole thing about his eyes. Okay, fine, you're you're blind, but uh, you're you're a lawyer for Christ's sake. Even yeah. though he's not a high level lawyer, you're making a bunch of money or anything. Uh, he's that brownstone would be pretty fucking expensive. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Yeah, his <laughs> kitchen is pretty nice right now. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so all I'm saying is he's like a guy who has the, in my mind, the privilege. To see it as I just gotta I, I see it, huh? Uh, <laughs> to, to 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 see it as oh well, if I stop these people and I do it by the letter of the law, it proves the system works. Yeah, the Punisher's like the system is so fucked. What are you talking about? I'm not even having that conversation with you, right? You know what I mean? And to me, that honestly represents the dichotomy within myself, within a lot of people. You know, we, we, we trust systems to make us where I drove over here and I trusted a bunch of people to stay on that side of the double yellow line. Right. There's just a system that goes like you stay on that side. I stay on this side and we both don't die. Yeah. When people violate that system, well, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. Be, be dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's got to. So it's like it's a situation where I feel like Daredevil can Daredevil tries his hardest to trust the system because as a Catholic and as a person who like. He's almost infected by rules. Yeah. And he, and like, you know, his origin seems to be uh, that time in, in Man Without Fear, where his dad, like, beat his ass for no reason, basically. And he goes, 
huh, there's got to be rules to stop people from doing shit like this. Yeah. I'll be a person who enforces the rules. And that governed his whole shit. Yeah. You know, whereas Punisher, I think Punisher is also one of those people who comes to it way later in life, like what he's supposed to be doing. Daredevil fights bullies from almost the get-go. Yeah. From almost the get-go. I think Punisher kind of probably grew up one of the bullies on some level. I think there's probably people in high school who think of Frank Castellone as a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. It, it <laughs> seems like part of his character. Like you were saying, of like he's kind of got this darkness. He knows he's messed up, and he's trying his best to do what he thinks is good. Yeah. Despite being fucked up. So you really clearly have a love for both these characters, and you have this strong sense of their ideologies. Of They both want to help innocence. They both want to help the, the little people. One is trying to do it from a, a, a place of respect for the system, and one is doing it from a perspective of, I believe the system is inherently broken. Mm-hmm. So, Ed, when you are going through your life, do you find, like, I have a problem. Do I want to approach it from Daredevil perspective or Punisher perspective? Do I trust the system, or do I accept the system's broken? I think on some level as a, as a pundit, I think I've accepted that there's a system yeah. and I have to work it. As a screenwriter and trying to do my own films and stuff, I'm going straight Punisher style. <laughs> like, it's, it's get shorty times 10. Like, when I have meetings with these people, I'm just hanging them out windows. I don't give a shit. Uh, <clears throat> metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, metaphorically. Sure, sure, yeah, metaphorically. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, but I mean, really, I, I feel like I need to start maximizing more the... Uh, the power of being being a confident me, yeah, a, a, a me that will not be stopped at this and will cut across the infield, as, as Seinfeld famously said, uh, comics that curse. It's just like driving NASCAR, but you cut across the cut across the infield. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're gonna win the race, but at what cost? You know, it's it's it, you know, you sp- got to go around in the circles, and I really feel like. Yeah, fuck that. I'm going to go across the infield with this, <laughs> with this stuff because now we can. People can make more things on their own. And, and I'm getting meetings now. But I like I used to get meetings and just be like, oh, well, I'm very happy to be here. And you guys are, are you know, uh, so gracious. And now I'm like, you're so gracious. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to blow your fucking mind. Right. You, you have to I mean? come in with it like, I have perspective. I have value. You are looking for good ideas. Right. I have good ideas, and I'm not asking you if my idea is good. I'm right. in here telling you my idea is good, mm-hmm. and if you don't hear it, that's your dumb fault. Yeah, and and my taste. Uh, how's this for a metaphor? My my level of taste is is like um, my level of taste is like a is like is like artillery. It's like artillery or 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 superpowers or whatever. My my ability to go like I have really good taste. So if I like this. It should be good. You yeah. know what I mean? I would love for uh, to think of myself that way. And okay. I think that, that's kind of the, the punishment metaphor for like, yeah, I would love to be more like, I am very well armed for this. Yeah. Whereas if you go when the Daredevil thing is like, I know all the rules. And if it really breaks down, I'll kick you in your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Again, metaphor. <laughs> so, so either way, I really feel like overall I would like to be somebody. Because if you think about it, they – are people who also took things into their own hands because yeah. Daredevil could have been just a very adept lover and chef. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With yeah. his skills of knowing the heart rate and being able to touch a pulse. And, he would never spill anything in that kitchen. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I just feel like he could have done he could have done so many other things, but he ha- he knew that his particular skill level, his his power level, if you will, warranted having to get involved yeah. in a way that was beyond just 
uh, talking in a courtroom. And, and the Punisher, he, same thing. He has all these skills and they're just laying fallow, you know. And, and I think it's interesting that he's a, he's, um, a graduation of the, of the Rambo myth. Yeah. The whole thing about Rambo uh, was that – and people – he got absurdly twisted into like a, a jingoistic fascist caricature later. But the very first movie of, of Rambo and, – and, and of movie of Rambo specifically, he doesn't kill anybody. People die fucking with him. Yeah. But he doesn't kill anybody. He tries so fucking hard <laughs> to not get involved in that bullshit. But the but the law uh and, and his transient nature being being somehow shitty to the law and, and them impugning him as a criminal just because he's a transient, he start he gets in that big fight and all that kind of jazz, and you just see the unleashed raw fury of one super trained and, and almost a an adept at violence. Yeah. Sort of soldier. One soldier could kill your whole town. And that's the Punisher in a nutshell. Like one really dedicated soldier, straight up. Yeah. Delta Force guy could kill your whole town. No matter where you live, they could kill your whole town. <laughs> and that 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 power is walking around our streets every day. Yeah. And we don't appreciate their sacrifice. We don't appreciate the the economic uh and and, and different sorts of pressures that probably pushed them into that. Uh we don't we, we don't appreciate none of that at all. And when it didn't when it failed and leaves these guys out on the street, yeah. We just got a bunch of negative bombs walking yeah. around <laughs> that we don't respect and we don't care about. And that's that's a big major thing. I really love your your work in politics and and trying to get people to, to be politically aware yeah. because that's that's a major fucking thing. So like obviously the Punisher is just a comic book a caricature of that sort of situation, but it is something that's rooted in reality and right. street levelness. I mean, that's a great uh, idea that he himself fights broken systems, but he is also at least partially the product of a broken system Boom. where he is not being supported and understood and all these things. Boom. Um, how, what do you think a street level superhero would be like in Los Angeles? Because so many of these characters are based in either literally New York or a, you know, uh, a specific kind of of city that has it sort of like we were once mighty, but corruption has kind of taken hold. You know, that's mm-hmm. Gotham. That's, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of the late 70s, early 80s New York storytelling of these characters. Mm-hmm. What do you think that would be like transplanted to modern day Los Angeles if a street level hero was going to be here? If I were to try to sum it up filmically, I think it would be a mix of uh Drive and Nightcrawler. Okay. If anybody's seen those movies, both <laughs> yeah. of those are about uh, characters who drive a lot, drive these high-powered... Well, not, in the case of the, the driver, he just drives anything really well. But uh, the guy in Nightcrawler is uh, looking for different news stories all across the, the greater L.A. metro area, and he wants to get there before the cops. So he has a super, super hyped-up vehicle that he races to the different scenes of these crimes with. I think it'd be some combination of that, and he'd have, like... He'd be a car guy. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. He'd be... His major part of his identity would be this ill car that comes out of the you know you're 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 fucking around shooting each other on the 405 or something the next thing you know across four lanes jumps this super muscle car with impervious bulletproof shield and slamming <laughs> you all, it, there's he'd be a car guy yeah he'd be a super car guy i love that of just like you know i i fight on the streets but never outside of my car yeah yeah like, my whole car is my mask <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the occasions where he got out of his car he'd, he'd, he'd break you off he'd be some kind of uh, super yeah. soldier but i mean he'd probably be a soldier or a, a failed cop yeah which is my my least favorite of the genres is like the, the cop who goes like i tried the system but it didn't work it's like i don't know man once you get inside and figure all that bad stuff out i do like the I, sometimes i do like the ones like serpico Okay. I like Serpico. Yeah, you, know, you try to fight the system, but like a lot of times, by the time you get indoctrinated into that system, 
you kind of start rooting for it yeah. on some level. A lot of people who get out of it, they become advocates and stuff, but they don't really fight against it physically because you don't want to run into good cops who just happen to be coerced into bad stuff by bad cops. Right. You don't want to shoot them or do anything bad, you know. So yeah. it's like that. That's a, that's a rough one. Yeah, it's super complicated. I love this uh, this car hero. I think not only would they fight <laughs> on the streets, I think that they would fight like about the streets, like they would pop into the shadows of like some uh, shady city politician who's you know trying to uh screw over the transportation like you know we really need the yeah. street here but he's like no i'll get more money if we build it here and like <laughs> and the car guy is there in the shadows <laughs> those <laughs> driving gloves go like no no motherfucker you're not gonna screw the streets of los angeles <laughs> well and pull it on his gloves is yeah. a beautiful scene and also just the fact that like maybe he's all about streets like he's like he beats up uh, corrupt politicians like it looks like there's a lot of pork in your last bill <laughs> It's supposed to go to fix these fucking potholes. <laughs> we found a, another corrupt politician just wedged into a pothole. What does it mean? <laughs> Next thing you know, there's just and then and then and then, and then he's like beat up the same guy later. This fucking traffic is ruining my crime fighting. You told us to fill the potholes. You know, just shut it down between the hours of five fifteen and five thirty five. I need to get through. Yeah, he would honk a lot, a lot of honking. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. These are questions or variations I ask everybody on every episode. Do you think about street-level superheroes uh, like Daredevil, Punisher, every day? Yeah. 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 Is it it because you're reading, watching their adventures, or is it because they're just playing in your mind? Uh, They're they're playing in my mind and or I'm, I'm playing Daredevil in my head. Oh, Sometimes really? I'll, I'll, yeah, every kid who really loved Daredevil would like close their eyes and sort of stumble around their apartment. <laughs> and I found myself, at, not recently, but as an adult, I found myself doing stuff like that. And I had a roommate who literally did it for a whole day. And his knees were so fucked up from slamming into the coffee table. <laughs> so it wasn't even like I'm leaping across the buildings of the city. It was I'm just trying to like go over here and get some hot chocolate or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just shows, it gives you a great appreciation. Uh, and sometimes my, my girlfriend's really into cooking and, and uh, different sort of flavors and cumin and all this different jazz, you know, different sort spices and uh i think about daredevil i think about daredevil as far as like uh when i do things when i taste things with my palate like yeah i'm I'm learning how to have a refined palate uh because of different things she's cooking she'll ask me what i think is in them and sometimes i'll like super get it right and it's because i'm tasting these new things catalog them and i think about like uh daredevil super senses enhancing your senses yeah Yeah. i I think I, i do think about stuff like that that's and, awesome, and 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 what also what a what a chore superhero would be. Yeah, like sometimes I hear my neighbors doing stuff. I'm like, wow, if I could hear everything they were doing, this would <laughs> suck. Yeah, you'd hear all those pounding hearts. Like, what's wrong? What? Oh, you just saw a trailer for a movie you're real excited about. Yeah, exactly. you were doing a reaction video. That's why your heart was pounding like that. <laughs> yes, I broke down the door. <laughs> like, oh, you're real excited about Avengers Four. My bad. I thought you were being murdered. <laughs> uh, do you ever think about the heroes? Uh, actually traveling like across the the uh, rooftops uh because i used to do that when i was a kid when i was like bored and we were driving somewhere i would imagine like spider-man or like even a jedi trying to like jump from place to place well i i did think and this i i swear to god whatever data you believe in be it thanos or galactus <laughs> um our, our dark side for our dc fans um i was in san francisco recently and those fucking buildings are so close together. They have yeah. like inches between them. And I had the fully crystallized thought, no wonder Daredevil liked it here. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it was like unbidden. I wasn't reading a comic book at the time. It was just like like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I kind of do think of them. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you love street level superheroes immediately? I think they think that I love screenwriting immediately okay. <laughs> because there's some screenwriting books and stuff on my on my mantle. But like also, um, one of the first things they'd see is, uh, do you know this character called Black Sad? Mm-mm. It's it's a it, this guy drew a bunch of uh, anamorphic uh, like animal comic detective stories called okay. Black Sad, and the Black Sad is just like a black cat. And he fights like rhinos and, and chickens. <laughs> There's all sorts of anthropomorphized animals in this noir world where they, yeah. you know, they make movies and oh, we had to kill the star for the insurance, and it's like a <laughs> mongoose saying that, you okay. know, weird shit. So they, they'd probably think I was a fucking furry or something if they came in my house. They wouldn't know my deep love of the Punisher. So you don't have any big Punisher Daredevil art up in your uh, in well, your main room? Well, you know, uh, like Jules Winsfield said in uh, Pulp Fiction when he's talking about uh, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, so that pretty much makes me a vegetarian. My girlfriend likes big Star Wars and okay. like Flash Gordon and like Star Wars again <laughs> art. <laughs> so there's a lot of that all over my apartment. But but I will say when you look at my treasure trove of comics, it's the entire runs of Frank Miller Daredevil. It's the entire I'm talking about all of everything individual uh, original indiv- individual issues. floppies and and uh, graphic novels. Uh, the Punisher, uh, I, I think I got a couple signed copies of the Punisher, um, 1986, 87 series that Mike Zack oh, uh, yeah. drew. Oh, man. I, I got a couple Mike of those. Zach. Oh, Mike Zack is. Oh. Why didn't he ever do more? Dude, I met Mike Zack at the, I think the last, uh, it was one of the Comic Cons. I think it was either Stanley's Kamikaze or one before that. But okay. the bottom line is, he is so cool yeah and he, he there was a misprint on this print he was selling me and he was like oh no i can't give you that one and he went and he found a, a better one it was like oh yeah that this doesn't have that thing so you see that thing yeah it's a little off center here you go and he, he resigned it and i was like oh, what so a awesome. cool guy and i bought his art book and his art book he had a uh in the san francisco school of art or some shit whatever he had a big art exhibit of all his stuff uh, and some of the paintings that oh, wow. uh, that, that have been made of his stuff and it was just so sick. I didn't, I didn't get to go, but like the book is a lot of that art. Yeah. And like, and, and like a rich, anyway, but my exec podcast, but anyway, <laughs> he's, he's so great. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that book out. Would you drive a big van that had daredevil airbrushed on the side of it? It depends on the artist. Cause like, I, I wouldn't want a big corny, like, like, uh, sometimes people draw daredevil with like kind of too much muscles. Yeah. Like if somebody took a Lee Weeks, or 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 like Pinnacle Frank Miller uh, Daredevil yeah and or or Pinnacle Dave Mazzuchelli Daredevil oh, yeah yeah Pin- Pinnacle Dave Mazzuchelli Daredevil on the side of a van that looks like the A Team van it has <laughs> sick ass red uh, like wheels like twenty yeah. four inch wheels on it yeah yeah I'd rock that shit <laughs> and you wouldn't mind being constantly engaged about Daredevil because this would be like you know, you get out to to put gas in it, and somebody's gonna go like, "Damn, yeah, Daredevil well, van guy!" Well, like, dude, I, I think I would get out with my uh, my blind man stick, you know, <laughs> the driver's seat, and just uh, tap around to where I could put the gas in. And stuff. Uh, awesome. If Punisher was real and had a GoFundMe page, would you contribute to it? I wouldn't want the government tracking me. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think Punisher. I was originally going to ask that about Spidey. It changes a little bit when it's Punisher. So we'll change it back. If Spidey was real and had a GoFundMe page, would you support Spider-Man? 
Yeah, I do my due diligence to make sure it was going to the web slinger. Yeah. But I would certainly <laughs> do that. So churros and burritos and paninis yeah. are on me. Yeah, keep Peter Parker fed. Yeah. Is there any street level superhero merch you wouldn't buy? Is there anything too weird? Like, would you not want to have like uh, Punisher bed sheets or? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really Punisher bed sheets or Punisher curtains. Okay, are too even though Punisher curtains, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking yourself into it. You just bring them together and they make the logo. <laughs> but you're a merch guy. Like you, you like having these heroes is action figures or are you not? Um, I think I did have a Daredevil figure that was, uh, there was, at some point they had made these super articulate, uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil figures, and I think I bought both of those. Okay. And I'm, I was probably 25. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm not, uh, dissing anybody who likes toys, but I, I just wasn't a toy guy. Besides, I do have my original He-Man. Okay. But that's like straight up nostalgia. Yeah. There's nothing collectory about it they're all scarred and fucked up okay <laughs> you know there's nothing collectory about most of my toy usage as a youth but yeah i bought those and i kept them around and i think they just got lost in a move okay but i'd still have those to this day and those are the only superhero toys that i had that probably have bought in 20 years okay so. wow so th- your love is in your heart and in these original documents of the comics that you're not about mm-hmm. like i need to get every little i need to get an ornament if they make a new daredevil the, ornament the comic thing is 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 a hard one because number one they do so many the comics just keep chugging off chugging along and they, and they surpass and overwrite some of the things that you like yeah and when you get fucking old and you start <laughs> to be a little fucker about it you can get real mad yeah yeah i just just pick and choose the stuff that i like and enjoy yeah and i think that the, when you do that you're you're, you're fine I, I tend to not read the punisher stories where he's in a fucking war machine armor flying around yeah i tend to not read when he's when he's a frankenstein or some shit or when he's the ghost rider or whatever <laughs> the fuck. I, I tend to not read those and i tend to keep myself in the garth ennis uh and street level sort of uh depictions of the character and to stock up on all the appearances of the punisher over the course of time that i can get my hands on and that's kind of how i do it cool. with him and and daredevil awesome awesome uh, would you debate about street level superheroes at a holiday dinner? Like if uh, you're at a nice holiday dinner and somebody is like, man, I hate Daredevil. Would you let it slide or would you get into it? Yeah, that's that's not going to slide. <laughs> like, yeah, I, and I didn't I've never thought about it till just now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, de- I definitely have been at parties where people try to di- to dismiss the Punisher. Yeah. And I've got off of my little rant. And I think people have tried to dismiss the Daredevil as like a sub Spider-Man or just like, like, it's just, they're, they're so different. They're yeah. so different that it's, they're, I think the fact that they're kind of jammed together as fellow swashbucklers in, in early 60s comics and, and nowadays because they work the same neighborhoods. Yeah. I find that to be a tiny bit forced sometimes. Yeah. You know, uh, but it, it's, it's always that way when a guy who could literally handle this situation by himself is palling up with you. Yeah. You know, uh, there was a, a only recent um, collaboration I thought was pretty cool. Punisher, uh, Daredevil, a lady who was trying to get down with the Punisher and be like him, and uh, Spider-Man all had a, an adventure where they had found uh, Reed Richards left around, like, basically the keys to the universe in a drive. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. on, Reed. <laughs> yeah. And Daredevil had gotten a hold of it. Okay. And all the criminal, like AIM, you know, yeah. whatever, anti-shield, whatever the fuck, all, all the super spy organizations, the hand, everybody knew that he had it. 
and then he was a target, and he piled up with those guys to help him get through that gauntlet. Yeah, and, you know, and that that was acceptable. Okay, <laughs> that was acceptable. Okay, uh, but just in terms of your obsession level, you you wouldn't let it slide. They're close enough to your heart. You you actively defend them. Oh, actively, because like like Daredevil, would you just think of the basics of how brave and dope he is? He 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 can read a newspaper. His, his fingers and shit are so sensitive they can read a newspaper. No, sometimes with or without gloves on. Yeah. And he's using those same beautiful, dainty hands to punch motherfuckers in the face all night. <laughs> like him, he, it probably hurts. He has to be defended, yeah. Yeah, it, it probably hurts. He, he's hurting himself yeah. for you. That's so awesome. Uh, if the only way you could read comic books about these street-level heroes was by stealing them from Walmart, would you do it? I think what I would tend to want to do is what I did when I worked at Schnucks Market. <laughs> I got a job there for a few weeks and just stole everything I could. And then I left because on some level I figured that the exchange was right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd done work for them. I'd cleaned up bathrooms. I was a maintenance man at Schnucks and, uh, in Missouri and I would clean up the bathrooms and stuff like that. So when I want to eat some fucking grapes or a king size <laughs> snicker behind the fucking <laughs> behind the, the milk, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I have a moral compass enough to not ever want to steal. Yeah. But hey man, shit comes up missing when you're an employee. You know, that's just part of the game. <laughs> so you would infiltrate Walmart. Yes. You would work extra hard. <laughs> Jack a bunch of shit. <laughs> like, I worked really hard today. I put up with extra bullshit <laughs> from my assistant manager. Yeah. Uh, so maybe Punisher just goes missing today. Yeah, I would I would do that at uh, I worked at a library and boy did some screenwriting books come up missing. Yeah. But, but but not straight off the shelves so that other people couldn't have them, but like things that they were kind of liquidating or selling in like book sales. Yeah. They never made it to the shelves. <laughs> there was a, a Terminator, it was a book, it had the entire script of Terminator 2. Including a forward and different things from James Cameron talking about his whole process making the movie and what restrictions him and Will Wisher were under when they wrote the screenplay. Had the whole screenplay in there and a shit ton of fucking storyboards. And it was about 14 by 9. So it was a big book with yeah. big illustrations. It was so fucking sick. <laughs> and they were going to sell it for like a dollar yeah. in a big fucking bin to a yeah. bunch of losers. And I was like, no thanks. <laughs> and I jacked the shit out of that thing. But you okay. know what I'm saying? Other than that. But so it's that, a dollar mm, theft, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. My, 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 my compass. But And it was worth so much more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they just couldn't see it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's fair enough. I, I think you would escape the wrath of the Punisher. I don't think he'd, <laughs> I don't think he'd come for you for that. If you were stranded on a desert island and could have only one movie or TV show, would it be one about Daredevil or Punisher? Unfortunately, no, because of, you know, maybe Daredevil season three. But even that, there's a distinct lack of him in the costume jumping around doing sick stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of this, you know, kind of... uh smoldering you know uh smoldering uh wanton and ennui that, yeah. that, that threads through it so so yeah i i, I don't think so i don't th- i don't think either of them have done been done justice on the screen but i'm one of these guys who likes only bits and pieces out of almost every depiction of batman okay you know what i mean i'm just uh, i'm with you on that it's, one it's hard it's hard when you really love the character really know about them and just to be very fair to the filmmakers, 75 fucking years of history distilled down into one, two, three, four, five, ten movies yeah. is not enough. It's not enough to get all the stuff that's in your head 
on the screen. And maybe some people don't like that part of the mythos. Obviously, people don't like their, uh, Batman detecting because it never fucking happens. I Obviously, think, no filmmakers like that. I think people might be surprised if they ever did it. <laughs> yeah, oh, they'd be certainly surprised because all the fans want it. I'm just saying the filmmakers who get a hold of these don't seem to dig that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just I don't understand it myself. But you know. yeah. But anyway, with, with Daredevil, I really love for there was a proposal by a guy I can't remember his name. He's a pretty decent director, to my mind, not that great. He did the movie Narc, and he did Twenty One. Uh, uh, he did Smoke and Aces, and he did the movie Narc, and he got uh, some aplomb. And he put together a lookbook and a pitch package of like footage from Taxi Driver and just gritty seventies, like ah fuck this, the pimps in Times Square type footage. And uh, it was his lookbook for and trailer for his version of Daredevil that mm. he would do. And if that something like that, maybe not directed by him, but the notion is great. Yeah. That Daredevil should kind of inhabit a New York Daredevil or the Punisher. Let's let's do both of them at the same time. But if you're gonna do a movie about Daredevil or the Punisher, it needs to take place in a seventies or eighties seeming New York. Yeah. I'm not saying you have everybody have rotary phones <laughs> in their fucking pocket or whatever. But it should just seem you know how certain movies kind of seem of a different era. Yeah. You know, uh just just a little bit anachronistic a little bit just to make it seem like the 70s or the 80s and just the grit and grime of like fighting crime and that that brand of new york because like this new new york doesn't need these guys it doesn't seem like right it, it is that deep systemic issues that come from things like poverty it's not right. like oh you know uh, Devin stole an iphone from this glossy <laughs> store let me swing out of the darkness and beat his ass right it's it comes from that what was actually going on in that time yeah yeah I dropped my jar of artisanal pickles. <laughs> Can Daredevil catch the pickles before they hit the relatively clean sidewalk? <laughs> Here's the final How Obsessed Are You question. If you were about to see the next big movie starring one of these street-level superheroes, but a bear blocked your way going into the theater, would you try to get around the bear? I find that my immense respect for bears... Would be challenged if David Fincher directed a fucking Daredevil movie. <laughs> <laughs> if David Fincher directed a Daredevil movie, I'd just be like, all right, quick, guys. 14 salamis. Throw them over there. <laughs> We're going to defeat this bear some yeah, way, somehow. I, I'd turn into Captain America of all the, of all the people trying to get <laughs> he, the He directed it. We'll create a human shield. <laughs> all right, that makes sense. That y- your, your passion is enough that you would... Not just walk away, you'd try to deal with the issue. Oh, yeah, I definitely would. Okay, cool, cool. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise do you have for these street-level superheroes? Huh. I think it would be... (laughs) (laughs) Is that the excitement? Yeah. Yeah, When when I see somebody, again, and, and maybe it's because I... I don't know that I am brave in my real life. Yeah. I, I find that many of the people that I knew that stayed in Missouri, and again, Missouri is not some fucking gulag or something. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. But a lot of the people who are just like, whatever your hometown is, decide that, oh, I'll just stay here. People who stay in LA who don't have any intention of getting in the business or do whatever, they just like the weather and like to kick it here. I understand them. Yeah. But I don't have the same respect for them as some of the people who are just like, man, fuck Wisconsin. I got to be a weather girl. <laughs> Out in L.A. or, you know, fuck this. I got to go join a dance team in Florida. Yeah. The people who kind of just go, fuck it. I can't do what I want to do here. 
for some reason, I give them more respect, rightfully or wrongfully. Yeah. You know? And so I think some, and I think that it's reciprocated on certain people's. I, I know a guy who has a six-figure income and a house, and he thinks I'm the bee's knees because I went out and I pursued my dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I asked people to rate their obsession. Uh, so on a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest, where would you put yourself? Huh. For Punisher, I'd say an 8.59. For Daredevil, like 10, 11, 12. Like, okay. break, break the fucking knob off. <laughs> just because, like I said, he just he just does so, but his, his mythos is cool. I love the fact that Frank Miller was an early ninja adopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was an early adopter of ninja culture. <laughs> so so I, I just enjoy that aspect about it. He is, I, I've said it famously in my comedy act sometimes, he's the last kung fu cracker I'll deal with. Yeah. Daredevil's the last. <laughs> like, and, and because they motivated him very well. They put him into a world of darkness, and he it made him make a choice between being an adept for evil and an adept for good. That I mean, uh, to a certain extent, him and Elektra seem to have metachlorians for that ninja shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, you can balk at all that. I, I personally have at times balked at some of that shit. It's just and to young kids reading Daredevil, some of that seems pretty gauche. Yeah. So some of them don't like that stuff at all. They like just more like, hey, I'm a happy go lucky guy swinging around doing stuff that Spider-Man doesn't do. Yeah. Some people don't like the deep, you know seated ninja shit you know what i mean but yeah like, the ninja christian yeah, yeah 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 but yeah exactly ninja christian you're the only one <laughs> okay that's definitely a 12 out of 10 for daredevil uh we're gonna do some quick plugs where can people find you on social media and anything else you want to plug um at edgar destroys on twitter and instagram i would love for people to start following my instagram more because i do have a lot of uh, ads for my podcast (laughs) podcast uh which is five star rated and all that jazz we had our patreon uh popping off with nerd goat podcast but uh besides the ads for nerd goat podcast (laughs) on my instagram there's also great art that I've that I've put up oh, well, yeah. that I've put up and and also some artists from other people I put up a Stan Lee that was not drawn by me that's just a beautiful piece that I wanted to put out there to commemorate this great guy who yeah. you know uh, but uh, a lot of the art uh, most of the art in there is my original art and my original characters and uh, people are res- people who have seen it <laughs> respond to it uh, very well you know cool. yeah yeah so everybody should go check that out uh, here's some quick plugs uh, for this show first I want to plug the uh, vacuum cleaner that is aggressively vacuuming outside my apartment. Just- <laughs> Just want to acknowledge that in case it's picking up and people are like, what is happening? I'm not sure if it's going to pick up, but shout out to Vacuum Cleaner. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. Also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw, and we will be doing a live Obsessed at the San Francisco Sketchfest on January 19th, so go check that out on my uh, website on the live shows page. All right, here are our final questions. They're just dumb, fun questions. Which would you rather be able to shoot out of your hands like a superhero, lightning or a breakfast cereal? The only reason why that's a rough one is there's <laughs> so many black characters that have electrical powers. <laughs> I didn't. My I did an- not think my that. My anti-cliche engine would turn on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd just be like, ah, fuck. How much cereal we talk about? If I can drop metric tons of cinnamon toast crunch on people. Oh yeah, you you can drown <laughs> evil politicians uh, in Lucky Charms. <laughs> 
I think I'd still take lightning because lightning's still cool. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I th- fight through the cliche. The minute they called me Black Lightning in the paper, boy, I'm coming down to the times. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's my big thing about superheroes. You do not let the uh, the newspapers or the politicians name you. You make up your name. Be proactive. And don't call me the shocker either, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, not breakfast cereal hands. Uh, who is he? Uh, if there was a theme park ride based on your life, what would it be like? I think it'd be a nice, slow, flat, non-interesting uh, <laughs> roller coaster for about three-fourths of the way. Okay. And then that last part would just be like a drop into hell, <laughs> a bunch of loop-de-loops and barrel rolls and stuff. Your seat would start to spin around. I mean, it would get nuts. Yeah. And then it would like abruptly drop you off and dump you into a pile (laughs) (laughs) there you go everyone go ride the ed greer (laughs) don't get lulled into a false sense of security the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness i i really think that i'm surprised that i have such a quick answer for this yeah i think happiness is knowing that when you wake up something good is going to happen to you Okay. Like, like just kind of knowing in your heart, even if that's not true at the end of the day, knowing when you wake up that good things are going to happen when you leave your house. I've spent a lot of time in my life thinking that if I left my house, something bad was going to happen. Yeah. Almost. You know what I mean? Not, not to some agoraphobic level. Yeah. But to a certain, like, if I leave the house, I'll have to spend some money. LA's so expensive. (laughs) Oh, the cops are assholes. All this different bullshit. Yeah. That, that like took away my joy. For being out here in the fucking sunshine. Yeah. I haven't had a square job in eight fucking years. I, I know I could not scrape along on the bottom side of pop culture in fucking Missouri. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I just I just really feel like, damn, you know what I mean? Like when I think about happiness, it's that that every day I wake up, something good can happen for me and there's new things on the horizon. And 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 it's not just going to be full of crap. Like the the day's not going to be more shit piled on me that I can't handle. Anything that comes up, I will be able to handle it because my life's going good. I think yeah. that's what people who are happy feel like. I think they don't get up thinking about like their student loans or whatever because most of them don't have any. But like you know what I mean, like shit like that. They don't have these swords of Damocles hanging over them. And I think a lot of the working poor, which I consider myself part of to this day, yeah, have these swords hanging over us all the time economically and sometimes it robs us of like the true enjoyment of the moment to moment parts of life yeah. in a fucking non third world country in a great state in a in a non third world country. Yeah. In you a beautiful I mean? city. Like yeah. yeah. Even if you're 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 gonna have challenges or whatever, but you're in yeah, there's a lot of traffic and some potholes, but you're looking around and seeing beautiful things and you're going to somewhere to talk about superheroes. Yes. Yeah. And just keeping your focus on that. Yep. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Oh, this is super fun, man. And thank you so much. And just one last plug about Screen Junkies. Just watch my Screen Junkies at 11 a.m. on, on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, right? Yeah, on awesome. Screen Junkies, the YouTube channel. Yeah, go check it out. Uh, Ed will have many, many great insights. <laughs> that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. And if you want to check out Daredevil, uh, I think here's where you should go. Uh, there's a five-issue uh, miniseries uh, by John Romita Jr. and Frank Miller called Man Without Fear. It's really great. It's a really great intro to the character, and it just shows you why he is who he is. <laughs>